my sisters, you know we are coffee stands here at OKSIS, and of course, a major proponent of propelling women forward. So what if we told you that your morning coffee could support girls going to school? With Goran Goza Coffee's Girls Run the World Blend, you can do just that. Girls Run the World Blend, I'm so down. Each bag equals a day of education for a young woman in Mozambique. And as you ladies know, my husband has been getting super into coffee over here at my house during quarantine. So he made a nice, rich, incredible pour over with the Girls Run the Coffee World Blend. And we can say quality is A++. So obviously we got you sisters a deal so you can start your morning right with quality coffee while also making an impact in women's education. Use code OKSIS, that's O-K-A-Y-S-I-S, for 20% off your first order at gorongozacoffee.com. That's G-O-R-O-N-G-O-S-A coffee.com for premium coffee with real impact. And as always, that link is in the show notes. Happy coffee drinking, sisters, and let's just all agree that girls run the world. Welcome to OK Sis. We are two cultural observers and curious minds who happen to be related. I'm Scout. And I'm Maddie. Get ready for some serious sororal energy. As we chat about and comment on one another's current fixation of the week. Ready, Ready, sisters? Hello, sisters. Hi, sisters. How are you? How are you? You can just answer in your car. You can just say like, I'm fucking fabulous. You can like kind of talk to us that way. Yeah. We're here for you. For those that are just joining OKSIS, welcome. I'm Scout. I'm Mads. And we are the sisters behind OKSIS podcast. That we are. That we are. Real life sisters. And I just want everybody to know that I'm three years older. Yes. People think you're younger because you're shorter. People always think I'm younger than you. Yeah, it's wild because you're you're like way more mature. Yeah, every time people... Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree with that statement actually. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but every time we're together, people always think I'm the youngest. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with that. I like being, I've always liked being the youngest. I got the more attention. I was loved more probably. They made oh. all the mistakes with you and then I just kind of came out great. Is that why I'm the fucked up one between the two of us? Um, I think we're both a little fucked up, but hmm. you know, I think there's, it's inevitable. I think this story perfectly explains our relationship as older to younger siblings. Maddie one time threw a party on New Year's Eve and the cops came and dad called me and I was in LA <clears throat> and he was screaming at me. Mm-hmm. He goes to pick Maddie up and the next day I find out that he has not once screamed at Maddie, but for no. some reason... I got in trouble for that damn party that you threw that I had no idea about. Yeah, I didn't get punished at all. Um, it was it was insane. I got in trouble. Our par- I got in trouble. Our parents did not discipline me. No, they didn't discipline you at all. I mean, I didn't need... I wasn't... That no, was you probably the worst thing I've yeah, ever done. Yeah, you were not an out-of-control teenager. I was teenager. not out-of-control, but like... They never pun. I don't even know what grounded means. That just never happened. Yeah, I was never grounded either. I didn't even think they knew what that meant. But I don't think grounding is like a good way to teach children no. stuff. I think that's like bullshit. Absolutely. Okay, moving on. So we have a lot of um, updates. This is also our second installation of Fix Me Up. I know. So, so exciting. exciting. This is going to be a really intense and awesome topic. This is going to be an informative Guys, episode. get your nerd glasses on like we do right now. We look like we, fucking nerds. Well, we should. Okay, because I lost my other glasses <laughs> and I'm wearing are, these ones. We both are wearing wire. Gl- wire? Wire glasses. Wire Mine glasses. are silver and yours are gold. Of course, because that just matches our personas perfectly. Yep. Yep. Anyway, so update on my hormonal acne situation. Oh, I haven't yes, talked please. about it in a long time. So um, I have been using um, Shawnee Darden's 
skincare regime since we were since and we what interviewed are your thoughts? her. Well, the thing is, I love everything she's given me, obviously. But the hormonal acne has not gone away and it's not it has nothing to do with the product with what you put on your face yes it has to do with some hormonal imbalance that's happening in my body and i know everyone's gonna say don't eat dairy drink more water don't be stressed eh, 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 eh. oh what was i, I know what you're trying to do you're trying to like exit out <laughs> yeah. like x x x i got it i understand what you're trying to do there that was great that was fabulous okay so I don't eat dairy. The only time I eat dairy also, is when I go out. Can I out. just do a side note? Okay. You're sitting here with your pants unbuttoned <laughs> and unzipped all the way down. I'm so bloated. Oh my I god! These fucking Everlane pants that are so tight. This um, is a sight to see. Yeah. This I I literally ate just couscous today, and that's and this is what happens. Okay. Anyway, moving on. So I drink you, a shit ton of water. I drink my body weight in water every day. So, so do don't I. Tell yes, me that so I do I. I drink so I much water. I work out every day. I don't, I don't eat dairy. Okay, moving on. Something else is happening in my body. So I went to a dermatologist okay. because it was getting out of control. It was so frustrating. And uh, a la Kendall Jenner, you too can have the skin of your dreams. With Proactive. Which I obviously I'm not using. Okay, sis, but she did inspire me. No, she did inspire me to be like, get get your shit together. Like, get it checked out. I need to get my shit no, together. No, you need to get your shit together. You need to go to this dermatologist. So she gave me this drug called spironolactone, which I'm sure a lot of people know about. It's apparently the holy grail for hormonal acne. You're probably going to need something else because yours is not hormonal. Yours is something else. Mine is just plain old acne. Yeah, yours is And like it went a- away. It was starting to go away three weeks ago, and now all of a sudden it's completely back. Yeah, so... It, it might you might need to just take something for it. So, um, I'm annoyed because this pill takes about two to three months for you to see the results, which is just like ugh. But apparently, it it'll transform. It will once just, it kicks in. Yeah, it'll take everything out. She said. Um, she also gave me some another topical retinol that has just been drying out my face like no other. But I'm your face looks pretty dry right now. <sighs> it's flaking off like I've never seen it before. Are you sure you should continue using this product? Yeah, retinol is supposed to dry out your skin really bad, and then um, you get used to and it. Then you get used to it. Okay. But um, so yeah, that's my update. I'll keep you guys informed on if it works. I mean, I'm happy that I'm doing doing. I'm being pro. I'm pretty pro. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended. Okay. Um. Uh. Second update. Just um. Little, little thing. Super Bowl. Okay. So we were all in a group message with our entire family, and all of a sudden, I get an influx, influx of messages like, "Who's watching the game? This is so intense. I can't stand this." I'm so, like, what are you guys talking about? Okay. So our mom and dad instilled in us um, football culture because people, of the Chargers people, in San Diego. Yeah. So we grew up watching football. We're not like giant football stands, but people are really appalled that I understand football when I tell them like if I well I've because seen they, every time there was a Charger game there would be a huge huge party at the house right so anyways last week the Rams were playing and this both of the playoff games furthers this is my theory on football games okay the only part that matters is the is fourth a, quarter yes, i'm with That's you it. i'm with you 100 i don't want to watch for five hours no i'm gonna come in at the last hour i'm, I'm gonna watch you. the fourth quarter it's always the 
fucking best quarter. It's the neck on neck. They're, they they do the best plays. They're so aggressive. I'm with you. And these were the two best fourth quarters I have ever seen. They both went yeah, into it overtime. Was it was good. It was like all bets are off. Okay, Patriots but- w- got a touchdown at the last like 15 seconds. It was wild okay but the point of my story in this whole thing is is that i didn't know that our family was rams fans i had literally no idea that you guys have been rooting so for heather, the rams for heather years Ram- no heather's a rams fan since they moved to la i didn't even know didn't- the rams were in la okay, i had then, no idea okay, well, that's your problem that's like very no my like my scope of football was just so specifically narrowed towards the chargers and when they left, I was like, I have no relation to football anymore. Yeah. Rams are in L.A. very much so. And they're going to Super Bowl. I know. So I, I feel awesome. I feel like a little bit of a kinship to the Super Bowl now just because of the whole yeah. Los Angeles situation. And we're going to be in New York during it. So if anyone is out there and wants to invite us to your Super Bowl party. Yeah, we're. Because I was so, I was so, I totally forgot we're going to be, I'm so excited to go to New York. But I, I love Super Bowl parties. Same. So I'm kind of bummed out that we won't be at home. But um, invite us to your parties, invite us to sisters. your parties. We're 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 a good time. We are a good time. I'm such a good time. I promise oh to get you drunk. And oh my god! Bring chip. Uh, okay, Tostitos hint of lime. Well, okay, okay. Moving forward, word of the week. Yes, what is it this week? This week, the word is enigmatic. It means difficult to inter- interpret or understand. Mysterious. That's interesting. Will you say it again? Enigmatic. 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 I feel like social media just blows that word out of the water like there's no need for that word anymore i don't understand like on social media we are not mysterious we're not complicated sure. we're we're very open we and are very enigmatic we're anti-enigmatic on social media we're completely exposed and on this podcast we're very anti-enigmatic as well that is true but the topic we're going to discuss um, is, for our yeah, fix me is up a little is, is a little enigmatic it's difficult to interpret and understand which is why we're going to break it all down for you but first round of current fixations okay i will start um so my current fixation this week you will thank me later is the palm springs outlets they are okay so gold mm. i literally got vince shoes for 60 dollars. yeah your, i went to vince all shoes are fire are so, oh, i've my, never my seen husband you. said they're the podcast my podcasting shoes because of the of the pink. the color the pink you i've never seen you wear any color in your life mm-hmm. this is really tripping me out it's I like know, a pink. blush color i don't even know what to do but aren't they cute yeah, they're adorable i'm just saying when I, you walked in with these i was like what is going on well this is what happens when the vince shoes are 75 percent yeah, off that's amazing um which vince shoes are my favorite shoes in the world if you don't know them go to the palm springs outlet stores and go to vince um but the all saints there is also really amazing i got shirts for like 25 dollars when they're usually like 140 the Palm Springs outlet is so good. It's so good. And if you go during Christmas time, it's double as good. I got. I think it's a hit or miss though, because we went once after we went to Joshua Tree. We went on the way home, and I oh, didn't I remember find that. Anything? Okay, I find every something every single time I go there. But I usually find stuff at the All Saints store. That's like my favorite store to go to there. Oh, All Saints! That shit has never looked good on me. I look like a goth. This it's like for goth anorexic people. Is that what I am? No, no. I'm a little goth. You're though. goth, but you're not anorexic. I've always been a little goth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely fits your and Heather's vibe. Although not. now I'm on this stupid diet where I can only eat 1,200 calories a day, and I'm like literally starving. That sounds just really 
No, really, yeah, it's really brutal. Yeah, it's brutal. It's fun. Okay. Um, all right. Are we ready to get into Fix Me Up? No, you didn't do your current fixation. Oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> okay, sorry. sorry. Amateur wow. hour over oh here. Oh, my God. Wow. Okay. My current fixation, it's actually been one for a while, but since my phone got stolen a couple months ago, I had to reorder it. Is it the sticker on the back of your phone? It's a phone case. Excuse me. Oh, sorry. So I have the Urban Sophistication phone case that says social media seriously harms your mental health. I got this years ago, actually. Oh, it's not a sticker? No, it's a it's a phone case oh. by Urban Sophistication. Can I hold it? Yep. Let me see. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's nice. I need a new phone case. Yeah, it's my favorite. So I'm going to get this. Okay. So I finally um, got my new one because my phone, I got a new phone. Um... So this sticker is obviously ironic because mm-hmm. I am constantly on social media. And we love social media. And we do love it. Um, but it is a delicate reminder, I would say, just to sometimes, you know. You have a reality check. Step back a little bit. Step back a little it bit. It just, when you're mindlessly scrolling and you're not even lo- knowing what you're looking at, maybe it's time to stop. See, I don't mindlessly scroll. Oh, I mindlessly because scroll. Because I'm only on Instagram for OKC's okay, podcast, so I view Instagram as business. So I'm like never just for pleasure am I scrolling. Oh. Well, anyways. Um, I do. So this is obviously ironic, but also a reminder. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, very... Ins- and you know what? It looks fucking great in a mirror selfie. I'm just going to come out and yeah, say Yeah, no, it. You're, you're right. Every time I see a girl with it with a mirror selfie, I'm like really like, jealous. Yeah, I'm like you... You're you're like a cool girl. I'm gonna you know go, I'm mean? gonna order it tonight. Will you send me the it's, link? It's like a it's like a cool girl stamp. My case is like just oh, but you don't have your okay sis sticker on it no, now. No, I'll find uh, another place to put it because it can't have anything else. It's just like a sl- clean slate. Okay, fine. Anyways, okay, now we can get into the fix me up. So this week we're going to be talking week? about feminism. Or, no, specifically, well, specifically fourth, fourth wave, wave feminism. feminism. But we are also going to get into a brief history of the different feminism waves that have been happening since the late 1800s. Yes. So buckle up. This one's going to be... Ladies. Good. I'm so excited. Okay. So let's talk first about what what fourth fourth wave wave feminism feminism is. is. So... (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Yikes. Okay. You can go. You can go. Okay. Okay. I'm just like so excited. I know. Me too. Okay. So fourth wave feminism... Is a wave of feminism that began began around 2012 and is is associated with the belief that all humans are equal. Duh. Um, It heavily focuses on intersectionality, pushing for greater empowerment of traditionally marginalized groups in society, including women and girls. Also has like a heavy focus on the use of social media. It's a very digital wave. Absolutely. It lives in a digital sphere. And just so you guys know, fourth wave feminism is what we are currently Currently in now. now. So let's, let's take it back so we could talk about the past waves just to get a b- understanding of the history of feminism and how we got to where we are now. Okay. So the first wave started around 1848 and it stretches out to around 1920. And this might sound extremely trivial and dumb, but people actually started questioning political privilege and basis of equality. And they were saying, are women human beings? They're like, oh, oh, like wait, maybe we're maybe also we're humans. Like, maybe we could get like equal rights. Yeah. yeah. You sound so like drunk is- history. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have never watched Drunk oh History. Oh my god, it is so prime. Oh wow, I need to watch it. Oh that my god, like it's up my alley. I don't really like history though. No, Drunk I History. I like feminist history, but I don't. Drunk like. History is so prime. Really? Okay, okay, yeah. okay. And I'll learn things because I like. Oh, learning. you will learn things. Great. While awesome. watching Drunk 
celebrities. It's oh, hilarious. Fabulous. Okay, back to first wave feminism. So one thing I did want to point out that's a little frustrating about this wave is that many women of color, such as Sojourner Truth, Maria Stewart, and Frances E. W. Harper were major forces in this push for not only woman suffrage, but also universal suffrage because it was directly linked to the abolitionist movement at the time to, you know, abolish slavery. So despite the hard work of all the women of color at this time, the woman's movement was ultimately established for and by white women, a la Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Susan B. Anthony. So essentially the first wave was really only designated towards white women um, and um, a lot of women of color really got pushed to the back burner. On this Absolutely, one. and there was, but there was a blatant racism, That's which I think was di- was a differ a different approach in the other waves. This first wave was like, we don't want you here. And yeah, it's this separation. That's why was- there was that movie that came out. I think it was called The Suffragettes, where mm. they did um, a movie about like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth Cady Stanton and all of those um, original White leaders. Women. And they got a lot of slack for it because they didn't include they didn't include the, women of color, and, and that's that's, just, that's a big issue. And that's just like ex- yeah, exactly the the issue that we're. But good out. things did come out of the first wave of feminism, mm-hmm. as we all know. In 1920, Congress passed the 19th Amendment, granting women the right to vote. Right, holler. This, one that's a huge accomplishment mm-hmm. and definitely notable, but it does also go without saying that. Uh, women of color had difficulty voting at that moment. So yeah. there's also the downside of that situation. Absolutely. Okay, now we're rolling into the second wave. The second Do you see wave. what I just did there? Yeah, rolling I love in. that. There you go. 1963 to the 1980s. So the second wave of feminism transpired when Betty Friedan's The Feminine Mystique, which we have to put on our OK Sis book, Yeah, we well, have to read that. Club. It came out in 1963, and that kind of erupted um, this second wave of feminism. So in this book, she essentially argued that there has been a system systemic sexism that has been established and the world has refused women their creative and intellectual potential. And this also goes into talking about the housewives. So this was when Mm -hmm. the life of the housewife was very prevalent and popular where women's place was in the home. The men's place was at work. The woman's place was with the children. And it definitely focused more on like the workplace, sexuality, family and reproductive rights and how to um, revolutionize those. But we could talk about I mean, they had met there's many legislative victories during that time period as well. The Equal Pay Act of 1963, which theoretically outlawed the gender pay gap, which we still are having issues with today. Yes. Um, Also, Title IX, which gave women uh, the right to educational equality and our favorite Roe v. Wade, 1973, which guaranteed women reproductive freedom. I remember when Trump got elected, I called all my girlfriends and I was like, get an IUD, get an IUD. Yeah, IUDs rock. They rock, except they kind of like fuck up my period all the time, but that's fine. They make my period negligible. It's oh, fabulous. I have like ten day periods. Oh god, the IUD just works perfectly with my sister. Oh, I, I have the it. same IUD as you. I know. Well, we have also different bodies, so. But we're sisters. You think it would be somewhat similar? Nope. Okay. Okay. Um, also, another side note is that although the second wave claimed to be anti racist, women of, of color were, were still alienated from yeah. the mainstream movement. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're not sensing a pattern. Yeah, there's a pattern here. But this yeah. wave um, also birthed some more unfortunate stereotypes, such as like the burning yeah. of bras, that feminists were lesbians, didn't shave, they were man-hating. Yeah, and, and it's it's interesting because if you go back, there's actually no major accounts of like public bra burnings. It just it erupted it from erupted maybe one, like one person, person doing it. And then it kind of became the stereotype that people wanted to shy at like 
you know, break down. And I think um, the man hating yeah. one is really important to touch upon yeah. because we that... see later that it's reversed. You are interrupting oh. me left and right, girlfriend. Oh, sorry, sorry. I, didn't I am notice. trying to make my point about man hating. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm mansplaining you. You I'm are mansplaining me right man-hating. now. Um, but the man hating, like, really um masculine feminist was kind of made the feminine like the word feminism very dirty and it Mm -hmm. made it very unappealing and it made it unsexy which Mm -hmm. i feel like now that we've gone into the third wave which started around 1991 we're kind of unclear as to when it stopped people are not are not sure people actually argue that we're still in the third wave but i think we're in the fourth wave yeah so um, two events marked the third wave's emergence, the Anita Hill case in 1991 and the emergence of riot girl groups in the music scene of the early 90s. And just shout out, uh, that's where Doc Martens were born and I'm a huge Doc Martin fan. Do you still wear Doc Martens? Yeah, I wore Doc Martens when we went to UC Ona. Those were Doc Martens. Oh, f- wow. I have the low top ones. I used to have... Oh, yeah. I used to have the ankle no, that, ones. Yeah. I don't know where they went. I don't know what happened to them, but I have the low top docs. I used docs. to have velvet. Black velvet. Oh my god, that's incredible! I will dress my child in Doc Martens. I wore them my freshman year of college. That's yeah. Well, Doc, I was wild. I was like kind of grungy for a second. I think I just wanted to be you, so I think I got them, and then I had this like velvet touch, so to become a little girly. Oh my god, that's so cute. Okay, let's talk about Anita Hill. Oh, fabulous. Um, Fabulous Anita Hill. I know. Screwed. In 1991, Anita Hill testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee that Supreme Court nominee Clarence Thomas had sexually harassed her at work. And Thomas, as you all know, made his way to the Supreme Court anyway, but... Anita Hill's testimony sparked an avalanche of sexual harassment complaints, and it kind of parallels with what has happened after Harvey Weinstein was exposed. So essentially, we're still going through this shit. Exactly. So, um, yeah. And then uh, uh, another thing I want to. Uh, 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 wow. There's something about the third way. How eloquent. <laughs> so many thoughts just like ran through my head. So something that distinguishes third wave from second wave is they didn't want to be that man-hating armpit hair stereotype. Which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with armpit hair. There's nothing wrong with armpit hair, but they wanted to embrace femme culture. And And, and to say that femininity isn't a downfall. Exactly. So they wore high heels and they owned their femininity. And I liked what there's an article by Vox that said it was born out of a belief that the rejection of girliness was in itself misogynistic girliness. Third waivers argued was not inherently less valuable than masculinity. So yeah, as you, as you said, it's, it's when you own your femininity, it's actually more feminist. Yeah. And being, and being feminine isn't like a bad thing. Yeah. It's not a negative. It's something to be celebrated and you can be a feminist while wearing like a tight, hot dress with your boobs out. Yes. And heels. Well, your boobs out. I don't have boobs. I have boobs. Yeah. You got the good end of the stick. (laughs) Anyways. Be careful what you wish for. That is true. That is true. Anyway, so now we're moving on to present day, which is the fourth wave. So this is rooted in the Me Too and Time's Up movements. Um, Another article by Vox that I really liked uh, mentioned that fourth wave feminism is queer, sex positive, trans inclusive, body positive, and digitally driven. Okay. So as... A feminist, I particularly um, identify myself as an intersectional feminist. And I think that's something that the fourth wave does a really good job at. So we're going to talk about this a little 
lower. Oh, sorry. Am I jumping ahead? You're jumping ahead because sorry. I actually was doing a lot of research on intersectionality. You, It's not an identity. It's an oh. institutional practice. So you can't identify as an inter- intersectional feminist, but you can enact intersectional feminist policies and ideals okay yeah wow i'm learning a lot Mm -hmm. so you can't you just can say that you practice into intersectional feminist actions okay then that's i don't know if that if that semantic really matters to people but it is that is what it's defined okay okay so um fourth wave feminism is also anti-misandry I don't know if I'm saying that right because we never say this word. So misandry or misandry is the opposite of misogyny. Okay. So it's the hatred or prejudice against men or boys. Which so what is fourth, not what exactly. modern day feminism does. Exactly. So we anti that. So, you know, the man hating of the second wave. Now we're kind of reversing that in the fourth wave and wanting to include. And it's always I mean, it's always been that way for my generation, I think, is the inclusive. The, the men are welcome to join and they're encouraged to join. And actually their participation is necessary. Well, that's what I always thought. Change. I always felt that feminism was a man's deal because they're the ones that need to exhibit the correct yeah. behavior they're the ones with the power they need to they need to exhibit the power and let women up they yeah. need to help they need to help we can't if feminism is only a woman's game we will head nowhere nowhere yeah we need the help of men yeah and men need men need to step like up. i remember like when on facebook when like things get viral with feminism on with hashtags or whatever. I am always like, where are the men? Like we need men because posting about this because they feel excluded. We're doing, I think we're actually doing not, a, we're not doing a great job of making sure that they feel because I mean, rightfully so we're angry, of course. Mm-hmm. And there's another sector of it where, you know, we are holding very powerful men accountable for their behavior in terms of like sexual assault and misconduct. So there is that little, you know, victimhood and, and, and uh, anger mm-hmm. directed towards them. But we do need to do a better job of bridging that and making sure that we invite really helpful and, and, and genuine men I, okay, so I fo- women up. I follow the Paris Review on Instagram and one of someone there was a quote on there. I don't know who the quote was by, but he said, if I'm reading a book by a man where a woman walks home at night and isn't afraid, I put the book down for its ludicrousy. Like I'm paraphrasing that statement, but I'm like, and that just really struck a chord with me. I'm like, mm. literally a woman walking home at night, we are afraid and we're taught to be on high alert if we walk home mm-hmm. all night. We live in one of the greatest countries in the world and we're still afraid to walk down a street at mm-hmm. nighttime. Like every woman has that experience, mm-hmm. no matter what 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 socioeconomic background you come from, what race you mm-hmm. are, everything. Every woman can relate yeah. to walking home at night and being afraid. Yeah, and that's kind of where Me Too erupted right Mm -hmm. it kind of brought this equalizer it didn't matter if you're a hollywood star or you're just someone that works at the local like coffee shop like you 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 have this common victim experience Mm -hmm. and this suffering and it really united i think a lot of people and that's that's kind of where the the use of social media the quote-unquote hashtag activism happen and that's why it's in a fourth wave and like more of a digital space yeah and it makes me a little bit emotional when me too happened because mm-hmm. there was oh no Scout. there was so many women that went through such terrible things that yeah. men did to them and to see everybody come forward with those mm-hmm. stories 
was really, really, it was a beautiful confession, but it was also really scary. It's really scary, especially because these women probably weren't even aware Mm -hmm. and, and, and the courage of everyone else kind of made it okay to step out and confess, Mm -hmm. as you said, which Mm -hmm. is, is, I don't know. Did you, did you share a Me Too story? I did not share a Me Too story. Um, but I, I don't know a woman that doesn't have a Me Too story. Yeah. It's crazy because actually my boyfriend shared a Me Too story about me. Oh, interesting. So him and I just like quick segue story. We went out on Halloween like last year and I was wearing like a turtleneck short skirt. I was wearing a short skirt, but a turtleneck. Mm-hmm. And we walk, we were in West Hollywood, walked across the street to get our Uber and we were at, it was the fire station and all these firemen were sitting outside on like lawn chairs. Oh, you've told me this story. Yeah. And we walked past and I was like, oh, they're probably going to catcall just because that's what happens when people walk, when, you know, I'm not saying to me, but like just Mm -hmm. when people walk by and it was like kind of awkward because it was kind of like quiet and they said, what did they say? I don't really even remember what they said, but, um. They did cat call, cat call me or say something, and I was just like, Ben heard it, and he, and he was like, wait, what did they just say? And I was like, yeah, whatever, and I just completely blew it off. I didn't even think twice about it. I was like, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of gross, but whatever, and he couldn't let it go, Yeah, and he actually wrote like a status defending me and, and saying how how much men need to change their behavior change their behavior and how unsafe he felt even with you know firefighters doing this to young women especially on a night where people are drunk people are in west hollywood mm-hmm. bar hopping and they're subjecting them and he he actually filed a police report and we like talked to the police and and everything and it was and they took it really seriously which was it was oh, that's really nice know. but i would have never you know, it just shows how much men don't, they're well, not succumb to it. There's also, I suppose. And thank you. Thank you, Ben. That yeah, was like that's, the best. That's amazing. It was a really that's, that's a thing. That's a stand-up example of how a man can get involved yeah. and support the women of this world. Um, but I think also we should give men at some point somewhat of a benefit of the doubt in the sense that they've been miseducated their entire lives. Yeah. So they are unaware a lot of the times about how their behavior affects other people. Mm -hmm. And if we can start with this generation really educating men Mm -hmm. on how to respect a woman's boundaries, Mm -hmm. I think that we, there's a lot of hope for the next generation. I think that this is something that can be achieved. Well, I love the idea of unlearning. I mean, not that I love the idea. I'm just, I, 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 I like the, the title of it. Mm. L- l- unlearning. So obviously we have been conditioned to act within this patriarchal structure and we need to unlearn it. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. We can't say it wasn't this way. Like it is. Let's accept it. Let's unlearn piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And try to redefine what it is to be a woman and to be a man in today's world. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's kind of a first step is like really unlearning the systemic things that have been implanted in us. And I think also something that I think is really heartwarming is that women, a lot of times I would say probably more in the second and third wave feminism 
uh, harbored a lot of competition between people because there mm-hmm. just wasn't enough room for mm-hmm. women at the top. And I think that our generation is really um, breaking that down. And totally. I think that we are anti-competition and I think we're all about helping one another. Mm-hmm. Um, There's the, there, there was this notion of scarcity. Yes, right? there was a there notion was of scarcity. A notion of scarcity and competition that needs to be unlearned. Mm-hmm. And we ultimately need to understand that collaboration and inclusivity is what wins. Mm-hmm. And we see it time and time again. It's not just for social reasons. It's for financial reasons too, for economic reasons. Like there is a distinct benefit to including and lifting people up mm-hmm. and collaborating. Like competition just isn't, isn't the way anymore. And, and I, I think, really like seeing that. I think that the podcast medium actually is a super good example of how um, people can help one another because every time we have a guest, we get to learn about them. We get to promote mm-hmm. their thing. They're promoting us. It's a really like beautiful way to collaborate. Absolutely. Um, okay. So let's get into intersectionality. Yes. Cause this is very important. The important. So, preface as two jewish white women Mm -hmm. we are very aware or like to think that we're very aware of our privilege yes and where how we were born and the space we we take up yes so we aren't having this conversation about intersectionality to like gain social capital or currency it's more so a way for us to take tangible steps and also express and give out tangible steps towards a more inclusive and powerful feminism, which happens when every woman is a participant. I was watching a documentary. Um, I don't remember what it was about or what it's called, but I remember this one anecdote and it said that um, African-American women are the most underpaid mm-hmm. demographic in our country. I think it's actually Latina, but um, oh, we can, we, we should probably check. fact check that. But regardless, it needs to be, it's a minority it, it, and yeah, that's it unacceptable. Needs to be, yeah. It needs to be more for sure. So, you know, I, I, why we kind of highlighted the black feminist um, journey throughout those waves is because it is left out of history books, I mm-hmm. feel, and is left out and, and is alienated. Yeah. The fourth wave feminism is I'm more sorry, inclusive. Is, well, it's, it's more inclusive. It's trying to be more inclusive. I think third wave for sure was just all about white feminism. Um, and, we just need to be better at mm-hmm. identifying that mm-hmm. and understanding how to bridge those two. So um, just a little background on what intersectionality is. Kimberly Crenshaw, she's a scholar of gender and critical race theory. She coined the term uh, intersectionality to describe the ways in which different forms of oppression intersect. So for example, intersectionality states that a black woman's experience of systemic oppression is not somehow equal to that of a black man added to that of a white woman okay does that make sense like so you can't intersect different races to like make up another one and it's not that's not how it like equates okay um so and then as i mentioned it's it's not not an identity identity. so it's 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 an institutional practice and we can establish uh, intersectional feminist policies um another thing to mention is uh you know black women are not are are just one of the minorities that we're talking about here but you know people of color within the LGBTQ movements women with immigrant Im- or immigration movements trans women you know uh, um uh socioeconomic socioeconomic women. status people with disabilities these are all different arenas of mm-hmm. minorities that are that have been alienated from feminism in historically 
Mm -hmm. So we just need to be cognizant of their experience as well. I was wondering maybe if you have the similar experience. Um, I always feel a push and pull between being white and being Jewish Mm -hmm. because technically our history as Jews has been one of Of extreme oppression. Yet we also, but we also live in a society where we are praised, are praised as white individuals. Oh, I I was going to say like Jews are well regarded. Not not by everybody not by everyone of course there's ton of anti-semitism but i think jews are seen as higher status sometimes especially in the like financial world well yeah that's like a stereotype that's yeah perpetuated but like there's a lot of like jew we've 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 reached success in this country sure yeah um but i always like find this push and pull between um anti-semitism and then um checking my privilege as a white Absolutely. female as well. Mm-hmm. And I think that as, as I think that more white women need to check their privilege mm-hmm. and understand that we come from a place of privilege and that we do not necessarily, or we are given um, more leeway or more rights or yeah. more safety. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I, whenever people say like check your privilege, I'm like, okay, but like what specifically can I do? Cause you mm-hmm. know me, I'm like very, pragmatic i want to get some like tangible steps Mm -hmm. so i looked up a lot of amazing people mostly i mean mostly people of color have come out with ways that we can be more like just mindful and Mm -hmm. whatever um but uh, one that i loved is juliana pache there was this uh article in fader she says the more privilege you have the more you need to listen the more you need to pass the mic so obviously which is kind of ironic because we're sitting here hogging the bags. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes, check your privilege. Um, and then another one by Anupa Mystery. She says, disperse decolonized ideas into my own community and communities. So, you know, people of color were colonized, people, minorities, and just kind of de- uh, again, unlearning those unlearning, ideas yeah. and being able to spread that, those, mm-hmm. uh, those things. Another one was, um, so 53% of women, of white women voted for DJT and sorry, I made, I don't even want to give him the satisfaction of, ha- of giving him a nickname, but Hassan Minaj calls him DJT in, in Patriot and Act. If, you, and if you're not picking it. up what we're putting down, we're talking about Donald Trump. Yeah. Sorry. I just I really think DJT. It's, it's so patronizing. I kind of love it. Um, anyway, so 53% of white women voted for DJT. Which is like so shocking Which to is me. so shocking. And and you know what? Like I know we didn't, of course. Yeah. But and when black women say like, yo, white women oh, need yo, to help us out. Yeah, yeah. Step up your game. Um, we can't be defensive about that because it is true that we can reach white women easier mm-hmm. than any other group you know mm-hmm. and it is our responsibility to talk to our fellow white women f- no but like um uh relatives or you know just people yeah. that we do know in our specific circles that maybe have i mean you know what it's ideas. it's it's difficult because yeah. the topic of donald trump is so polarizing and honestly i don't think that this country is in a position where either side can have a uh constructive constructive (laughs) conversation with the other side i think we're both not listening to each other i think we're both polarizing each other even more and i just don't see um minds being changed maybe that's a little bit of a pessimistic view but um i believe on both sides we're kind of 
really pushing each other farther and farther away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, okay. So other other ones. Other ways we can be more intersectional in our approach to feminism. One, lift as you climb. This is from Forbes. They wrote a really great article um, about you know ways ways to bring intersectionality into your feminism practice. So lift as you climb. Obviously, bring others up as you're also fighting for social justice. Two, get curious, not furious. So again, yes. listening with yes. empathy. I kind of love that. Get curious, not, not furious. furious. So that is don't let your anger overwhelm you because that will never get your point across. Yes, I'm with that 150. percent Yeah. So if you're called out, you know, and you're you're called out for being, or you're just you know, or someone is expressing an opinion that's different than yours just listen. try to listen with the most empathetic stature mm-hmm. and explain your side and hopefully they listen with curiosity as like, well when the elections happened the question that i was asking i what i wanted to know was who did obama fail and why did obama fail them and why do they feel the way they feel i i just wanted to know i yeah. wanted to honestly and know w- yeah who were who were the people that felt Neglected, neglected that needed Donald Trump exactly at that time. yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. I think that no one stopped to ask that question mm-hmm. yeah no it's something that Hillary didn't didn't ask yeah and didn't think of mm-hmm. even um, okay number three is seek out diverse opinions so obviously just listen to other life experiences and really advocate for those people mm-hmm um yeah and being intentionally inclusive i really love that number five is resist generalizations about all women so i think we've done a good hopefully a good job of that I hope today so. um but yeah it, i is, mean and, and honestly like i'm a little nervous right now as we record this because this is such a touchy subject for enigmatic. so many re- yeah it's very enigmatic <laughs> um and i don't want to say the wrong thing absolutely and that's kind of why we're dissecting it and and trying to show different different sides mm-hmm. of it and mm-hmm. and um shed light on the on the variety i mean feminism it's is very so multifaceted diverse, so much multifaceted but um you know it's tempting to stand up for all women in this but the reality it, you'd fall into that trap of the all lives matter with feminism and that's not okay yeah. and so we need it and it, it's tempting because it's just like it's a woman's fight and whatever but it really isn't it is there's layers there's layers and there's sections and we need to be cognizant of those and just be very wary of not falling into that mm-hmm. all lives matter all women's lives matter mm-hmm. because that's not the how case. it goes yeah. yeah so anyways that was our little fourth wave feminism <laughs> dissection deep dive into deep feminism dive. and I- if there are any men listening to this which there probably yes. aren't but if there are Please support your fellow women. Please rise up to the occasion and help women yeah. of all race, color. Um, Bring a woman into the boardroom. Have them sit next to you at the table. Pay them equal salary. Ask them questions. Don't interrupt. Mm-hmm. I think those are yeah, some things that you can do. you can consider. Yeah. I feel, I feel, I feel good. I feel, I feel a little sad. I feel sad, but I feel like we really tackled, we learned, we learned a lot. Mm-hmm. And I agree. we tackled a tough subject. I'm really proud of us. Um, Hopefully it resonates with others. Yeah. Please let us know if you have thoughts on fourth wave feminism. Yeah. You can shoot us a DM at OKSIS okay podcast. Yes. Okay, right. sisters. Love you, sisters. Love you.